Hi everyone, from me, Brent Graham of goodforthegame.co.za. It's Thursday night, 9 o'clock. It's time for the rugby, or the handicap rugby chat, that matters. We're going to be looking at the Champions Cup rugby tonight, uh, 19th to the 21st of Jan. Have a look at all of those current handicaps. And we'll also have a look at some other rugby, if time permits, at the end of the show. So let me introduce you to my guest. It's always nice to have a first-time guest on. And it's Nathan Mossman, the Mossman, we'll call him. Nathan, uh, welcome to the show, man. You are in New Zealand. It's about 8 o'clock your time now, hey? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so not not too early, but um, yeah, well, I'm a long time listener or watcher of the show, so great to to come on and, and be able to talk. Excellent. Well, I want to touch on Super Rugby with you in a second, but before that, how did you get into the sort of sports betting game? I, I see you've got a fantasy a fantasy rugby podcast, and and I've always said that the sort of transition from fantasy rugby to punting is a natural one. Very much so. Yeah, totally agree. So I actually. Um, Kind of got started in fantasy in the UK, so doing Premier League, doing NFL, and um, then got involved in in fantasy rugby uh, through a site called Fantasy Rugby Draft. And and as you say, there's there's a lot of crossover uh, between between betting and fantasy. So uh, kind of, I felt like I've built up enough knowledge, uh, domain knowledge, sort of around um, the you know you get really in depth knowledge of the, the teams and the players through fantasy and then came from a, a technology background. Um, so <clears throat> started dabbling in uh, some machine learning and then, uh, yeah, kind of combined those things together. So knowledge of rugby, knowledge of technology, um, an interest in betting and sort of combine those things into, uh, yeah, what I'm doing now. Excellent. Well, we'll talk more about that as we go on. Just to touch on Super Rugby, obviously you follow that quite closely. You're looking forward to that competition getting going. Uh, who would be your favourites for the title? Would the Crusaders still be there now that uh, Robinson's left? No, I, I think it's the Chiefs' time. Um, to me, I think, uh, you know, outside of the final, I think they were the best team in the competition. And I think and I think I'll continue. I think they've probably got a bit more continuity in terms of players, in terms of coaching. So um, I think it's uh, the Chiefs' time. And not biased at all. Uh, by the fact that I'm a Chiefs fan. <laughs> I was going to say, that's a Chiefs jersey, is it? This is not a Chiefs jersey. So this is actually a, a King Country jersey. So King Country played okay. uh, in the Heartland Championship. And um, there is a bit of a, a backstory to this jersey. So um, you can probably see here, it, this is the uh, centenary journey for, uh, jersey for the Union. And it's actually got every single player they've ever played for the Union listed on it. And uh, somewhere around here is, is my grandfather and um, probably about... Uh, three or four other family members, um, cousins, uncles, etc., um, going back, you know, way back, um, you know, sort of the early part of the century. Right, so good, great to have some history there. Well, look forward to talking some rugby with you. I'm very pleased you made contact with me through through Twitter. Um, let's get into the Champions Cup then. Of course, we move on to the last round of group matches. Four pools of six, the top four go through. So lots for punters to look at, Nathan, this week in terms of team selection. Unfortunately, as we do this show on a Thursday night, we don't have all the teams in that, but we can we can certainly talk about Friday but and, and then look ahead and say, you know, what do we expect teams to do? There are lots of rumours about what sort of teams will be fielded. And I'll get you straight into it with Glasgow Warriors. They're at home to Toulon. And Toulon, bottom of the table, they cost me an absolute packet last weekend uh, when, they, when they didn't perform. I had them minus six and a half against Munster. Munster actually winning that game in Toulon. So they are very much thrown in the towel. The handicap here shifted from minus seven and a half, the Glasgow Warriors, to a current line of minus 13 and a half. What are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I, th I think, as you said, that um, this is, in some ways, it's quite a, it's a tricky weekend, um, I think, to, to handicap. 
there's, there's probably some common themes that you're looking out for. So um, for the URC teams um, outside of, I think it's the Bulls and uh, the Lions, I think, are playing. So the other teams are not playing. So I guess they're not looking ahead in the way that some other teams will. And I think a lot of the other teams, they're going to send a message about their motivation for this round by the kind of teams that they're selected. And as you as you said, uh, Toulon sending a big message here, uh, that really they have no interest in this one. Um, I think because of that, I think, I honestly, I think Glasgow can can name their number here. Um, I personally uh, got a piece of them at, at eight and a half. It moved pretty quickly, uh, moved from there to, to 12 and a half. And I was more than happy to take take another bite at 12 and a half. Um, I think this could easily be a blowout. Um, I would continue to bet this even at probably 13 and a half, um, you know, possibly all the way up to sort of, you know, 15, 16. Right, yeah. And just to welcome the guys in the live chat, we've got JJ, Harry, and Stefan has joined us so far. I've got to admit, I'm, I'm with you there. I'm sorry, I'm kicking myself a bit because I did identify this on the Good for the Game forum, and there were a couple of guys who came in and said Toulon likely to field a, a weaker side, but I never took the early minus six and a half. So now, you know what it's like when you miss that value, you deciding whether you should still get involved or not. But yeah, I'd have to agree with you. I, I think the, the Glasgow Warriors still here at 13 and a half could be the business. Werner joining us as well. How's it, Werner? So, yeah, that opening game, you're quite firmly then on, on the Warriors. Tell me something. What time? That'll be about a similar time to now. Eh? It'll, kick, it'll be around 8, 9 in the morning for you in New Zealand to watch that game? Yeah, that would be right. Yeah, yeah, 8 or 9. Excellent. Yeah, not a bad time to to watch some rugby. We used to, That's what I miss about South African teams in Super Rugby was those 9 o'clock kickoffs in the morning on a Saturday morning. Obviously, we still yeah. get Super Rugby, but it's you know not quite the same for us now. Yeah, that, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Um, and, and as I said, you know, talk, talk about teams sort of potentially looking forward and, and to be fair Toulon have got La Rochelle um, on deck they're coming up for them so you can understand why potentially they're looking past this um, not a lot for them to play for and tell me something do you follow the top top 14 as well because I mean uh, it's interesting I know a lot of guys talk about the top 14 and what's happening next week and here in South Africa we unfortunately don't get the TV coverage of it which means mm-hmm. I don't follow it so closely and I think it's cost me a lot of money in this tournament because I haven't had that feel what you've just said now is like never mind what's happening this weekend you know, what's happening next weekend? What are they building for? Do you get uh, yeah. coverage over there or do you stream it? Uh, I, we, we don't get coverage um, and I don't stream it, um, but I do follow it because I do bet it. So uh, it, it's one of those interesting kind of situations where uh, sometimes there's, there's benefits to actually not watching. So a, a lot of the times the recaps I will do, like you can look at a box score and you can look at the, the way that the scoring sort of progressed throughout the game. And understand if maybe it was a phony final game, maybe there was you know some some late tries that kind of you know backdoored the cover or those sorts of things. Um, whether there were cards that maybe influenced things, so I'm probably more looking at that rather than trying to go in depth and watch every game. It just wouldn't be possible to be honest. Like I mean, I'm probably you know trying to cover top 14 URC, um, the Prem, um, Pro Div Two in in France. Uh, so it's just you're never going to get close to watching all these games. So um, I'm probably looking at other things. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit about a Pro D2 later. I know we got Pablo on the Good for the Game forum often comes in from some tips there as well. Let's move on to the second game then. It's Connacht up against the Bristol Bears. Now, this handicap, almost a choice game at open, plus 0.5 Connacht when I saw it earlier in the week. Now, the money has come for Connacht, um, although they themselves haven't really got a hell of a lot to play for you, do they? uh no no this game um uh, i'm probably sort of shouldering arms and letting this one go through to the keeper to be honest i I think this is lined exactly where it should be um i don't have a strong preference either way 
Bristol have been kind of on my no-fly list um, for a lot of the season. Um, I've had relatively high expectations of them coming in and they've consistently underperformed. So you get burned enough by a certain team and you sort of say, hey, I'm, I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm hands off. That They did have a good win against uh, Sale a few weeks ago, but I wonder whether Sale's motivation was questionable at the time. And, and since then, um, yeah, Bristol, very unimpressive, I think, over the course of the season. So there's champs coming in saying, I'm correct, they Connacht have a lot to play for. I guess uh, by that you probably mean a place in the Challenge Cup. I guess that that's true, unless there's anything else there that I'm not aware of. But I just wonder often how much these teams want to be in the in the Challenge Cup. But I guess for a team like Connacht, perhaps securing that, that Challenge Cup place will be will be quite a good thing. I don't think, I just want to quickly have a look at the log. I didn't think Connacht, well, in theory, they could make it, but they would need... They would need Saracens to slip up to, to make this. I guess you're talking about the Challenge Cup. So there's something for them to to play for. Um, okay, if they if uh, he brings it up here, if, if they get a bonus point, win by eight, and deny Bristol a bonus point, they qualify. Okay, I hadn't noticed that. So a good one. When I went through my analysis, I didn't pick that up. So Connacht do have something to play for, and that probably also explains the money move in their direction. Right, let's go on to the next game. It's Harlequins. This is a handicap I think has been quite stable all week, Nathan. We've got minus seven and a half against Ulster. When I did my analysis of this game, without knowing teams and that, I thought, you know, Ulster's still got potentially quite a bit to play for you. Yeah, so Ulster were a team that I had circled as some as a team where the, the fixtures, I thought, probably gave them uh, a good motivational spot. But... Um, it's difficult because, it, and my numbers actually favour Ulster as well. But um, I'm just a bit weary of Quinns, like I know what they're capable of. So it's, uh, yeah, um, Harlequins actually, they have Leicester coming up next. So, um, but the the flip side is, you know, that in recent times, they, they have already rested Marcus Smith, for instance. So, um, you know, I, I feel sometimes it's unlikely they're probably to rest too many players, um, you know, in a short space of time. So... I personally would kind of stay away from this one. If I if I was a force bet, I would take Ulster. Okay. And are you a points punter? Do you play total points in that, or do you focus more on the handicaps? You know, I it's I used to, um, and then I I wasn't able to really land on a formula that was I was comfortable with. Um, so I had more success betting sides, you know, being being handicaps, points totals, whatever you want to call them. Um, and the other thing about it is, is just the liquidity. So, you know, in general, the limits are higher um, betting the handicaps than they are on the points totals. Uh, so I kind of decided to specialise basically on the handicaps. Okay. And who do you bet with there um, in New Zealand? Oh, um, I've got a few outs. So uh, probably the main ones. So um, Bet365. Um, we do have the, the local TAB in New Zealand. Um, who I'm limited with, so that's not particularly okay. helpful. Um, I've also got uh, so uh, Pinnacle um, Sports Bet in Australia that I use, um, Bet Online, uh, what else? Bet Victor. Um, those would be the main ones. Uh, yeah, speaking of getting limited, so I actually had the, the, the pleasure of I think, being limited by Bet Victor this morning. I, I've noticed over the last sort of um, week to two weeks that every time I put a bet in the uh, the circle started going around slower and slower. There was obviously somebody looking at it in the background and having to think about it. And then this morning, um, yeah, it was like, okay, here's your fifty dollars. <laughs> I, I don't allow guys on the show unless they be limited. It's a good sign as far as betting and <laughs> betting advice goes. Same problem here in South Africa. I could tell you lots of limiting. Let's get into the next game. This game taking place about sixty kilometers from me 
at Loftus Fairsfield. It's the Vodacom Bulls against Bordeaux. Bordeaux, top of the group at the moment. But the Bulls here favourite, uh, there was a minus 8.5 early in the week. It's moved to 10.5. And, and this should be a, a cracking game. And, and I guess the betting suggests um, that Bordeaux are not going to put their strongest side out here. Yeah, I mean, and it, I think it would make sense for them to do that. Um, and this is obviously heavily dependent on team use. So Bordeaux are a very difficult team to want to go against um, this season. So I just see someone saying that they've sent the B team. Um, in that case, I'd probably need to rerun some numbers and actually come back to you on that one. But because um, Bordeaux have been great this season. Like I talked about Bristol being on the, the no-fly list. Um, Bordeaux, almost the opposite. You know, you, you don't want to play against them. Uh, so, but if it's the B team, obviously that that changes things. Um, the Bulls, I mean, they do have a game next week. So, um, yeah, and uh, but I did see that they've got Willie Larue back, which you know, as I said, a lot of the time it, these teams are signalling their intentions by the kind of players that they're picking. So, I think you know, might suggest that the Bulls actually mean business here. In which case, you know, like that that minus ten could uh, ten and a half could seem pretty small if if the B team get get rolled out. Harry's saying the lines move to minus 12. We'll expect to drift further. So Dez asking me about points here. Yeah, I have to say that this would probably be a points game for me. You know, Bordeaux, by the natural way they play, score points. And the Bulls at Loftus, we have had quite a bit of rain over the last few days here in Johannesburg. But the conditions at Loftus, I'm expecting to be pretty good. And I would think that this could well be a game for the overs. Enjoy Peter Paul's comment here. He says, never mind limiting him. <laughs> Bookies actually give him credit. <laughs> never mind limiting him. So anyway, yeah, they're putting you up and... Uh, like the casinos doing the, in, in the hotels and stuff like that. So I must, I'm leaning very much towards the Bulls on this game. I do think that, that but, I, but I think Sir Dez has hit it spot on for me here, Nathan. I'm going to be looking at the points, possibly a buy of Bulls points. Uh, I say buy because I used to be a spread punter. Unfortunately, I haven't done that for a while. I used to buy shirt numbers and all sorts of crazy things. But I do think this is a, a game where, where potentially we are going to get some points. And if as, as much depth as there is in French rugby, I think if Bordeaux have sent a B team, then they the bulls may well put them to the sword yes i'll be i'll be looking at a, at a points play on the bulls there yeah i think so um I th just just quickly the other thing is that i mean I, I think if if these were both full strength teams i think the bulls would probably be a, a small favorite at home and in general I've, it's kind of a rule of thumb just things i've noticed in terms of the way the lines move when teams do send out the b team you're probably looking at you know 12 to 15 maybe even up to 17 points difference between you know the a and the b team so if you do the maths on that you know the 10 and a half, um, you know, it looks pretty good. Yeah, it's something I've noticed as well. There's talk early in the week, right? You know, the handicap came out eight and a half. As you say, already everyone's sensing that Bordeaux will probably do a B team. And when the cap comes out, it never moves as quickly as I expected to. You know, it always goes two or three points. And eventually, I think someone said in one of the earlier games, I think it was Harry, he was saying he expects it to go out even further. You often find a game like this might start at 14 and a half, 15 and a half points. So, even though yeah. you missed eight and a half, there's still time if you do like the balls to, to get on that ten and a half. I do expect this line to go out further. Yeah, uh, there is a general sort of thing there. If you, if you are if you are sort of you know steam chasing, you, you will feel like you've missed out when you see that line move. But often the, the, there is still value there, uh, and, and um, yeah, so yeah, I wouldn't be too too concerned about that. So Des asking me why I stopped spread betting. I actually was quite successful with my spread betting. So I, I I had to open though South Africa. All the all the book, some of the bookies offered spreads on the side, and they all eventually closed the spread betting down. So I had to open an account at SpreadX, which and to open it, I actually opened a whole offshore bank account in the Isle of Man. It was ridiculous the effort I went to, and I did really well. And then I had two weekends 
where I lost an absolute fortune. I still, in the end, I still got money over there, not in the uh, in in the bank account, but and I could probably get it going again. But I just had two weekends where I thought, geez, take a break, and that break has turned into like sort of four or five years. The pressure of spread betting is just phenomenal compared to compared to fixed odds betting. But I did love it, absolutely loved it, and just generally pretty successful. But the highs are high, and my word, the lows can be very very low in the spread betting, unfortunately. But certainly certainly might look to to get back into it again. Um, Let's have a look at the next game. Now, I'm wearing my Leinster shirt. Let me tell you, I'm wearing it begrudgingly because I lost a fortune on Leinster. It was my worst bet of last weekend. I went over 47 and a half Leinster points and had 13 minutes to go. I just needed one more try. And they absolutely went to sleep at home and they never scored another point. And, and you know, they're not in my good books at the moment, but mm. they're away to the Leicester Tigers. And this is quite an interesting one. The cap opened plus nine and a half, shortened slightly into eight and a half. And I'll tell you up front here, Nathan, I'm leaning towards the Tigers on this game. Uh, what are you going to do? Uh, I, I think the same. Uh, I think this is, uh, you know, like a – I think the, the, the motivational spot for Leicester is possibly questionable. questionable. Um, we, we did see Pollard rested last week. Uh, so I think, you know, if Leicester are putting him back in the lineup, they're again probably sending a message about their intentions. Uh, and the other thing is that, you know, I, I like actually catching sort of that, that eight and a half and above – um, at home um, on, the, on the home dog so you'll find a few if you look at a, a typical kind of distribution of, of outcomes there tends to be uh, quite a big differential between the seven and the eight when you're looking at, at home dogs so they it tends to land seven a lot more than lands eight is, is effectively what i'm saying so uh, i think the that number um, make, makes me like leicester as well yeah and i mean looking at the table leicester obviously third position they could in theory yeah, they could, in theory, lose out, I think, if, if Sale, Sale and Rochelle could go ahead of them. But I think potentially playing each other, I'll have to just double-check on that. I think they are, yeah. So they should be through. But Leinster themselves, top of the table by five points, it looks unlikely that they're going to get kicked off. So I'm making Leicester Tigers quite a strong fancy here at the, at the plus eight and a half. I think they actually got a good shot at, at winning this game. I think uh, the, the home team could, could even take the honour. So even a board bet here on, on Leicester. Let's move on to the next game. Now we're talking big handicaps. I don't know what your feelings are on big handicap games, Nathan, but we've got Racing 92 minus 28 and a half at home to Cardiff. Uh, this is fifth v sixth on the table, if I'm not mistaken. I had a look at it early in the week. Uh, if Ulster lose, Racing can still make it through to the round of 16. So I guess you'd say they, they more than likely they will have motivation going into this game. Yeah, I mean, it's the, the irony of uh, a cap this big with on two winless teams playing each other so uh the other thing with um with with russing is that they will know what they need to do um by the time this game kicks off just the way the, the fixtures are scheduled so they'll probably i mean depending on how things pan out you know they'll likely know that a win will be enough um i think with these big caps um uh, you know they're the kind of bets where um i don't think the general public like to make these you know they they feel stupid when they lose whereas you know the truth is that um you know there's 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 a long tail on the on the outcomes that you can get on these big caps. So, um, you know, you can easily get, you know, blown out by 50, 60, but that doesn't necessarily make it a bad bet. You know, you still only need it to land sort of 55% of the time, right? So um, it's, a, it's a tough bet, but it's also some of the, you know, often some of the most fruitful ones. I think you can probably bet this late as well because it's probably going to continue to move. Um, you know, it's you, you'll get 30 plus probably. I mean, I, I didn't see the number that actually came up there on the screen. Sorry, but uh, I, I was 20, I think it was a 28 and a half. So I think it's, um, 
yeah, yeah that, that's, those ones are ticking along. So um, if you can get, let's say, you know, get, and I, and I have seen bigger numbers kicking around, so, you know, 31, 32. Um, Russing also with Toulouse on deck next week. Um, so, you know, that's that's obviously a huge game um, in, in the top 14. It's <laughs> You don't feel good about betting on Cardiff, but I think that's the direction that I would go if, if I could get a good number late. Right, right. Might be worth a, a wait. I just want to go back to the Leicester-Leinster game because Joe has come in and pointed out that um, he, th- he he feels Leinster are going to play go full tilt to ensure they get that home semi. And I must admit, uh, yeah, I, I, I hadn't considered that option. Uh, so, yeah, probably be a little bit wary there. He reckons Leicester have got a big game next weekend and may well field a B side. So I guess the advice here to punters, Nathan, is, I mean, unless you're fairly confident, like you know that team are going to field the B side or an A side, you know, quite often, and I notice the betting seldom moves for the teams come out in, the, in these leagues. The, the, the bookies are setting it on the Monday, and there's very little movement, maybe two or three points here or there. And then when the teams come out, the real movement occurs. So I guess the advice to punters, if you're not sure, rather hold fire on the handicap. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, even before, you know, coming into the early part of the week, when I looked through the fixtures and looked at, you know, potential motivations and risking, it wasn't clear even then because it's the way this tournament is set up that everybody feels like they have a chance. There's very few teams that are eliminated. Um, there were no uh, home semi-final or sorry playoff uh, games decided um, at this point. So lots of teams qualified, but none of the final positions actually decided. So um, a lot of uncertainty, and and I don't like being early in the week with that kind of uncertainty. I, I I'm willing to wait, uh, see the team news. Um, you know, and I'll, and I'll back myself up that I can, you know, beat the closing number um, using my own my numbers. Well, for Reed coming in, and no doubt, Reed, I bet you were watching the cricket. That's why you popped in a bit late. Wait for team sheets. These second teams are Daisy Darcy. Just to go back to Joe there, and, and Nathan, maybe you can help me because I kind of looked at the qualification criteria. Top four teams go through, and obviously the top teams have the home. But what Joe's saying to me suggests here that your actual points that you finish on in your group, even is going to be relevant as well because when it gets down to like the quarterfinals and and, and the semi-finals then it will be say Lens to come top of their group with 18 points am i right in saying if to lose have got 20 points then they would host the host the semi is that what joe is is saying here that, that's right yeah so i think it's it's predetermined in the round of 16 but then once you get past that um then they start looking at the at the points so it's a little bit convoluted um and as i said it's still still everybody effectively playing for everything. So there weren't any really clear spots where you could say early in the week, okay, I can definitely see that this team has everything to play for and this has none. Uh, it, was, it wasn't that clear. 100%. And Joe, thanks for bringing that uh, to my attention. Certainly, I hadn't I hadn't really uh, focused. I would really got back from holiday and started looking at this tournament last week and I hadn't had a good look at that. So very good advice there. Munster, minus 10.5 against the Northampton Saints. Munster, they cost me a packet last week. These, this Munster team seemed to do their best work when sort of the chips are down and they are playing against the Saints who currently top the log in the group. Yeah, so I was on Munster last week. I felt like I was the only person in the world that was. <laughs> but um, that turned out obviously pretty well for me. This is a strange line. I don't 100% understand it. I think if if you were able to tell me that both teams were full strength, what would the line be? You know, I think it's it's probably Munster as a, a small favourite, um, maybe, you know, four and a half, three and a half around that. So I'm assuming, uh, it looks to me like they're, they're baked in the fact that Northampton are going to rest players. But I, I saw something interesting on Twitter, and I, I'm 
apologize i don't remember the handle of the person so i, I can't sort of give an attribution to them but um they were claiming that they had some sort of uh you know inside knowledge or you know whether that's from um sources close to the team or a man in a pub i don't know but um they were saying that northampton were not going to rest and did point out that they're playing newcastle next week which effectively is you know kind of a buy so if you're going to rest players that's the week to do it right so if if northampton don't rest players if they go into this full noise i think this line is wrong um but as i said i think the other thing i'm assuming that bookmakers do is that you know when they're dealing with uncertainty they'll sort of price it up in that way so they might be looking at this and saying well there's a 50 percent chance that northampton rest 50 percent that they don't you know we're going to pick some sort of middle ground and they've landed on this kind of ten and a half number because as i said I, I don't i don't understand it if the assumption is that both teams are full strength yeah and i mean given what joe says there as well i mean there could be certainly some motivation still for for northampton for northampton to try and you know top the log and get as many points as possible as far as going deep in the tournament goes so this looks a very tricky one and yeah, I guess this is one I like to your phrase you used shoulder arms and let it go through to the keeper. Um, this one potentially I could be letting go through to the keeper on a Saturday. Right, we're wading through the games nicely. This is a start Francais at home to the Stormers. This was plus five and a half early in the week. It has come in slightly. Um, start Francais, you know, they were the team that cost me last week. Not not in the sense that they played well, but that Leinster couldn't get the 47 points. And I think it was. So Daisy was saying he was on the plus 38 lens and they conceded their only points right on the hoot. It was terrible. What do you make of this one? Because I'm battling to call these French teams this year. Um, he start that last week they clearly didn't care. They're now at home. Are they going to be throwing everything at this one or do they have a big top 14 fixture next week? Something we should be aware of. Yeah, I mean, they're actually traveling all right in top 14. Um, but for whatever reason, I... I I, I get the feeling that um, they're not particularly bothered, maybe about um, going into the Challenge Cup either. So th this is this is a tricky one. Um, my numbers are, are kind of on on the fence about it, and you know it's one where I think this line feels about right for where we are now, with which is dealing with uh, you know a lot of unknowns. So I think you know all, all's going to be revealed. I think when the when the teams come out, but um, yeah. Uh, it's not one I'd be getting involved in, especially at this stage. Yeah, we have team news on this one. And Stormers as well, of course, sent a very much a second-string team over to, to Leicester early in the tournament. And quite well, they virtually came away with a win there. They ended up losing by nine points, I think. But you've also got to be a little bit careful. Some of these second teams, or sort of slightly second-string players, are not that bad as well. So wait for the team sheets on that one. Farid does say he thinks Stardew will win that well. And let's just see what, what uh, Joe's comment is there. Uh, French teams look at the top 14 game. If it's a home tie, then they'll play their, their seconds. Yeah, that's, I think, a, probably a fair comment as well. But we go on to another pretty big handicap now, Nathan. Saracens, minus 18 and a half against Lyon. Uh, yeah, another game where, in theory, Lyon could still have quite a lot to play for in terms of, you know, getting up there in points. But are they taking the view that, look, we're not going to probably win this game. Let's rather send a weakened team, because that's certainly what the betting suggests. Yeah, look, I, I I lean to Leon at this point. Um, as I said, there's still a lot of unknowns. Uh, backing underdogs so far in this tournament has actually been pretty profitable. Um, I think maybe people have kind of overestimated. Um, I don't know if it's the you know the motivation of the big favourites or, or or home advantage, whatever it is. Um, 
Saracens will know what they need to do by the time this game kicks off. Uh, and so I think there's a situation possibly here where if Bristol lose, then maybe bet Leon at that point because uh, you know Saracens may not be going full noise at that point if they know that they you know they don't need to. Yes. Okay, so another game to some real tricky encounters. And as you say, Nathan, it's just the way this whole tournament's been set up and the fact that it it's also like it's scattered over 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 a number of months really and yeah, very, very confusing. And uh I suppose it, it does give you the opportunity to perhaps gain an edge over the bookmakers, but as I proved last week, you can also things can can also go horribly wrong. For Reed yeah. saying yeah. Leon always put up a fight. Uh, yeah, except when they don't, which is, didn't they lose last week to Munster, right? Was it? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you never know what to what to expect there. Sale Sharks uh, up against La Rochelle. La Rochelle, the defending champions, of course, plus six and a half this handicap. I think it's been fairly stable all week. I'd have to say if La Rochelle bring their A game, I would expect them to put the Sail Sharks away, but the Sail Sharks have punched above their weight this season. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think a lot of this will come down to whether... Um, I don't know whether George Ford is still injured or not. Um, if if Ford doesn't play, uh, I like La Rochelle here. Um, I like the fact that they're laying less than seven. I think, as again, it's you know it's, it's a sort of a pseudo key number in rugby we don't really have key numbers in the way they do in the nfl but um that's probably the you know one of the closest things that we do have to that so um you know they'll, they'll be live for a home playoff game um i think yeah if if, if four doesn't play i'd probably lean La Rochelle. right let's move on to the next game to lose minus 17 and a half against Bath. this is a top of the table clash but you know you would make to lose favorites if it was strength v strength at home but looking at the betting and nathan it's like the bookies are saying that both are likely going to sacrifice this one. Yeah, that's that's interesting because it, it, that's the assumption here, right? Because otherwise, it's a, it's a bit of a disrespectful line, really, to Bath, who've, who've been fantastic this season. Um, Bath do have Bristol coming up, which uh, it's I, I think you'd say it's not the toughest game, but at the same time, I don't think it's one they would necessarily look past. So I think there is always a, a danger that they they will rest. Uh, we'll kind of have to see the messages that they send with their selections. Um, partly, this will also depend on the Quinn's results, and this kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier about you know by the time we get through to Sunday, or even you know the the when the Saturday games end, you'll probably be able to look at the table, and you know all this conversation that we're having about motivation will be different. A lot of these teams will know what they need to do, um, know whether they're still live for home games, uh, and you know that that potentially for me anyway would sort of factor in so some of these games are you know sort of wait and see so depending on what quins do will sort of depend on whether bath actually have anything to play for here potentially so um i think if if you could tell me that both teams are going into this full strength um i would probably fancy bath here but you know, as i said um yeah we're gonna have to wait and see you're right and then the last game of the weekend as far as the champions cup goes they on plus one and a half a slight movement towards the exit of chiefs yeah i looked at this game, I do think, uh, my initial thought was that the Exeter Chiefs are going to win this one. What do you think, Mossman? Uh, I, I'm actually going the other way. So um, I I didn't, as I said, I didn't um, sort of fancy too many early week bets. But this was one I looked at. And I, I do like the spot here for Bayon. I mean, I think you're, you're definitely buying low on them, right? They were pretty woeful last week. Um, that was a game I actually did see. And they are playing against 
firstly a, a really good Saints team last week, but also there were their own worst enemy. Um, you know, there were a lot of passes sort of you know going to ground behind people, um, overthrowing the lineouts and you know, gifting tries that way. So, um, and I think they also they kind of gave up pretty early on in the contest in that one. So, but I do like the spot here at Bayonne being back home. Um, I, you know, full disclosure, I actually took a piece of them at plus two and a half. Um, I think they're probably one of the, the real ones where at least early on this, the week you can see, um, you know, some, some potentially good motivational spot. But again, you know, we'll, we'll see what kind of team mix it'll want to put out. Yeah, I think it, uh, uh, that's going to be very interesting to see what, what Exeter put out there as well. Um, Exeter, super lucky to beat Glasgow. I didn't see that. I actually packed up after the Leinster game for Reed. I was, you know, it's not often it happens to me, but I just was cut for an Afrikaans word that Nathan probably doesn't know. But I was like, <laughs> I just had enough. I just thought, ah, stuff it. I, I actually packed up. I didn't watch a lot of the rugby after the Leinster loss last week. And uh, yeah, so so I didn't get that one. Now, before we go into best bets, and we will talk about the best bets at the end, what else have you got your eye on this weekend there, Nathan? Uh, just, just, I did see the comment there just about Exeter being lucky. And, and I think there's probably quite a lot of truth to that. Like they've had three comeback wins um, in the Champions Cup. But um, also at Prem level, like they've kind of become a bit famous for sort of winning late. And, you know, people might look at that and, and think that's, uh, you know, a good attribute to have. I tend to look at it and think, well, there's quite a lot of luck involved in that. And there's going to be some regression to the mean. Potentially, you know, Exeter not as good as their results suggest. Right. And and anything else? Um, right. I just want to, before I actually ask you that, I just want to bring up Peter Paul. There's a massive UFC fight taking place. Now, I don't follow the UFC that closely, but Adrikas Duplessis is taking on Sean Strickland. That's uh, early hours of, well, not early hours. It's about probably about a half past six Sunday, South African time. And Drikas is the slight underdog that evens. Uh, Peter Paul, I was thinking of doing a video preview of it as well, perhaps getting a guest on who knows his UFC. What do you think of that idea? I'll have a look tonight and, and see if we can get something going there. So just that's uh, for, predominantly for South African guys. Is the UFC quite big there? Do, do the uh, New Zealanders follow it? Uh, yeah, we do because we've got um, uh, uh, Israel... Uh... Um, I'm, I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce this because I know I'll get it wrong, but um, he's the uh, Nigerian New Zealander. Uh, he was you know, world champ at one of the weight grades for a while. So um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but um, yeah, he's, he's definitely a very high profile in New Zealand. Yeah, probably like uh, Drikas here in South Africa. So we're hoping to have a champion. The Admiral got some good advice for you on Twitter. Stick your notifications on, follow all the teams. And make sure you got the notifications on for around uh, 12 o'clock tomorrow when the teams come out. And you can hopefully get onto it before the bookies do. Just quickly, before we talk some more rugby, Murhum Drikas, which basically, Nathan, means, yeah, Murum. I don't know how to describe it in English, but basically beat him up. And uh, Drikas will sleep Izzy after he puts Sean away. Izzy, I think, a reference to, uh, is what's the other? Uh, Strick, uh, the guy that Strickland beat last time. I forgot his, his name now. But let's talk other rugby this weekend. I know you follow the other leagues. Is there anything else on we should be paying attention to? Anything you're waiting for, perhaps from a team news perspective? No, actually. So that's one of the good things about um, the French um, Pro D2 is that the, the team news is all out by this point because the games are all played, um, all of them played on, on, a, on a Friday night, I think, in, in France. Um, or maybe it's a Saturday. I, I can't remember exactly. I get confused with the time zones. But I know that... Um, there's a game kicking off in about 25 minutes, and um, that is um, 
and, and you'll have to excuse me, I'm kind of going to butcher these uh, French team names because yeah, the thing is I realized is when I looked at the list is that there's a lot of names in here where um, I've I've read them a million times that I've never had to say them out loud. So I have no idea how they're pronounced. <laughs> so Beziers or Bezier and uh, Provence, I'm assuming that's what it is, uh, which is yeah, as I said, kicking off in about 25 minutes. So uh, I've, um, I think this is a really strong um, fancy for me this week was um, Bezier at, at minus seven and a half now to be fair i think that line's probably moved if you can find an eight and a half um i'd still get in amongst that um i think that this probably should be you know closer to 10 or 12 um you know based on on my modeling um so that's probably um one of the the biggest ones for the week um still working through a few of the other games because as i said the, the 10 news literally just came out um just before we came on air so um um, Ariac plus 11 and a half would be another one I would look at. Um, Montalban plus 17 and a half and Dax plus 18 and a half. So um, there's a, quite a few underdogs in, in there, but um, I think it's probably true of, you know, a lot of leagues is that there often is value on the underdogs. You know, people aren't kind of keen to take them. And um, Pro D2 is an interesting kind of league because it's uh, unlike a lot of the others. So the the the, the home advantage, if, if you sort of looked at that and tried to work it out historically, is probably around something around eight points, which is massive. Like, you know, by comparison, it's usually sort of three and a half, four and a half against most of the other leagues. So um, away teams hardly ever win in the league, but um, very, very different, um, you know, from covering um, versus winning. So I think a lot of people will just look at it and say away teams never win. So, you know, I'm just going to back the favorite, but... You know, you do see some pretty big caps at times, and um, yeah, there's often value on the on the underdog. Right. Well, let's move on then to the end of the show. We'll talk best bets. Uh, just a reminder: if you're not on our newsletter yet, and I think most of the people who who watch the show are on the newsletter, there is a link to the newsletter which goes out every Friday, and normally quite late on Friday, because particularly in the Champs Cup, I want to have a look at the teams. I must admit, yeah, didn't cover myself in glory in our first week back last weekend, so I'd be looking to bounce back. If you're not on that newsletter yet, uh, click on that link and uh, sign up for that one. Right, let's talk best bets now. What do you uh, iron out? If I had to say pick your best, maybe two or three bets of the weekend, what do you, what would you go for, Nathan? Yeah, I think I think Glasgow would be number one, um, partly because you know now that we have those those team lineups, um, we'll remove that uncertainty. And, and as I said, you know I've Personally, I've 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 bet it already, but um, I would have you know no issue with continuing to bet it at, at minus twelve and a half, or if you can find that, which I think you probably still can. Okay, looking at Johan Estesen's treble here, Glasgow minus ten and a half, Tigers plus eight and a half, and Connacht minus two and a half at five point three to one. I like Joe's comment as a dad who watched mini rugby games. My dad, my son's actually out of school now. He starts varsity week. We uh, in a couple of weeks' time. I'm hoping he plays some rugby there, and I can go and watch. Even though it is a bit of a drive, he says massive game in Ireland. In in Ireland, Setonians under 14 taking on Clontarf. I think it says in a massive derby, the public order unit of the Garda will be on duty to keep the dads separated. Yes, I love those sort of schoolboy rugby games. But Nathan, it's been uh, great to have you on. I just want to see what Fareed sort of says in clothing. He goes Stade, Connacht, and La Rochelle and Leinster. Or his bets for the weekend mine ones yeah i'll take into account everything i've heard and come up with a bet in the newsletter but nathan it's been great having you on the show hope you enjoyed it yeah absolutely yeah yeah great to be here um yeah great to sort of um, get to talk and um yeah uh, be part of the show excellent well i'll chat to you now afterwards as well but just to say thanks to all the guys in the live chat great contributions as always 
looking forward to this weekend's rugby. There's also, of course, the SA20 cricket, which I'm really enjoying at the moment. Finally hit a top bat earlier. Will Jacks getting 100 there for the Pretoria Capitals and managing to bank that. Still a bit behind in the tournament, but a bit like the Tour de France, as one of the guys, I think it was Vin who said on Twitter, I tend to finish strong, so hopefully come up with a few winners. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next week, Thursday night, 9 o'clock for the Handicap Rugby Chat That Matters.